several years ago, and you probably might remember this, Geraldo Rivera had a special television program where he opened up a vault allegedly belonging to Al Capone. Do you remember that? <laughs> Live TV, April the 21st, 1986, The Mystery of Al Capone's Vault. And they had advertised it. Do you remember that? Don't remember that. Who remembers that side? Okay. They really had advertised this thing that there was all this treasure. They were in a hotel in Chicago and they showed, it was a two hour special, all of these things about Al Capone and they found this vault that was going to be filled with all these, all this treasure. Remember what they found? I think there was a Coke bottle in there, but it was empty. And it was so funny. And empty is not good. Maybe your stomach right now is making noise. And you're hungry. And it's empty. And empty is not good. You ever go to purchase something? And you've opened up your wallet? And it's empty? Because your spouse, I'm not mentioning any names, because your spouse got to it and you went to the store and Empty isn't good. But you get back at them because I've been known to put empty containers back into the refrigerator. You ever done that? I get in trouble for that. Empty isn't good. Maybe you've owned rental property. A tenant moves out and you want to put somebody in there as quickly as you can because the worst thing for a house is a city. That's not good. Ever seen an empty life? It's not good. We're going to talk about that today. Let's pray about Father, as we look at your word, we pray that you would speak to us. And it's a good chance it doesn't apply to anybody else, any of us in here because we're here, but if we're not careful, it can be empty. So we have to stay on guard and on our toes and look at ourselves and make sure there's a constant filling. Regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, and, well, sometimes our circumstances can be tough. So, Father, today we all acknowledge we need you. And we ask that you would fill us, because empty isn't good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to look at the beginning one of my favorite Old Testament stories from the book of Ruth. I'm going to read from Ruth chapter 1, the first 13 verses. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man, man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and his two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. The names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. And they went to Moab and, well, they lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one's named Orpah, the other Ruth, you know Ruth. After they lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left with her two, without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard Moab and Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, 
She and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. When her two daughters-in-laws, with her two daughters-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road and would take them back to the land of Judah. And then Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them. Goodbye. They wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who can become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's bitter for me, more bitter for me than you, because the Lord's hand has turned against you. Their names shed a little bit of meaning to the story, what their names mean. Elimelech means my God is king, and so a pretty good man. Naomi means pleasant. Well, she was until all the stuff started happening. Life got hard. Malon means sick, the one who died. And Chilion means wasting away, the one who died. Interesting names to give your boys. Due to a famine in Judah, Elimelech packed up his family and moved to the land of Moab, about 70 miles northeast of Bethlehem. And sometimes after he died, Naomi's sons married women of Moab. Malon, who was uh, sick, married Ruth, and her name translated as friend or friendly. And Chilion, wasting away, Married Orpah, which means stiff-necked. Now that's an interesting name for a daughter-in-law. I'm not going to say anything. I love our daughter-in-law, but stiff-necked. One named friend and one named stiff-necked. So after about ten years, the two sons die, and Naomi is left with her daughters-in-law in the land of Moab. She hears the famine is over back in Judah. And she tells her daughter-in-laws to go back home. Maybe they can find a husband. Because she had no more sons for them to marry. So Orpah went back to her home. And probably if you wanted one to leave, that was the one. You wanted stiff neck out of there, and so she leaves. And I'm just telling you what it says. Ruth, the friend, decides to stay. And you've heard this scripture before from Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. You hear this at weddings, but just the, the thought of it, of a daughter-in-law electing to stay with a mother-in-law, giving these beautiful words is unbelievable. Ruth replied, after being told to go back home, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Beautiful words from a daughter-in-law to a mother-in-law. So Naomi, whose name
pleasant. And Ruth, whose name means friend, head to Bethlehem. It took maybe seven to 10 to 14 days to travel the distance. And when the two ladies hit town, there was talk. The women of Bethlehem said, that looks like Naomi, and they probably pointed and wondered. Naomi heard it. Now, it had been 10 years, and people can change in 10 years, but it had been 10 tough years. She buried her husband and her two sons, and so I'm just guessing here, but there's a good chance that she looked differently than she did when she left. Don't you guess? After those 10 years. Naomi Pleasant has something to say in verses 20 and 21 of Ruth chapter 1. To the talk, she says, don't call me Pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Mara means bitter one. So she's gone from pleasant to bitter. And I guess you understand, don't you? I do. The Almighty has made me very better. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. There's that word. Empty isn't good. And her life is Al Capone's vault with nothing inside anymore. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. She's blaming God for everything. Elimelech, my God as king, would have tried to talk to her, but he's gone. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. She's blaming God for every bad thing that has happened. Pretty common today, too. Now, do you see what I mean by an empty life? Naomi. Mara is just drained, just absolutely void, and she's worn out. Later on, you can read the book of Ruth, see how it turns out. It, it turns out better than I'm leaving it today. But at this point, she's empty. To the New Testament, Jesus warned us about empty lines in the 12th chapter of Matthew. Before I get to the verses that I really want to look at, let me read you verse 22 about healing Jesus did. They brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see, and that's all we know about him. And I wonder what happened to him. I hope it's not the same man that Jesus talks about in this parable beginning at verse 43 of Matthew 12. Jesus says this, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left, and when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. And then it goes and it takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and they live there. And the final condition of the person is worse than the first. And that's how it will be with this wicked generation. 
Do you see the danger in what Jesus said in verses 43 to 45? When a life is found empty, watch out, because it is ripe for attack when that occurs. There are so many ways to apply this, but let me go to the world of sports. There are too many stories. You pick the league. I'll pick, I'll say the NFL. There are too many stories from the world of the NFL about bad behavior that's really been on the news recently. Let me use this illustration. Suppose a football player has some off-the-field issues. What does the team do? What are their options? Well, they might hire a PR firm to rebuild the image and spin it so it doesn't so bad. They might hire a lawyer to defend the player and keep them out of jail. Maybe they hire a handler to follow the boy around wherever he goes so that he can't go to places he normally goes. And the handler takes care of the curfew and all sorts of things like that. And the trouble, well, it kind of disappears. It's over for a while. Players not in trouble. He's not clubbing. He's not partying. He's not with those old friends. And then he retires or the season's over and the team pulls away the handler and the PR firm and the lawyer and what's happening. His life is empty. And if he's not careful and hasn't filled it with the power of God and the Holy Spirit, trouble is on the way and it can be worse than it was at the beginning. Without God filling the void in our lives, we're doomed. We're in trouble. And when we try to make change and reform without the Spirit of God, we're not going to make it. The word empty found in Matthew 12, 44, the Greek word is galazzo, and it means to loiter, to be idle, or to be at leisure. And this applies to me and, and to all of us. If we are lazy, if we are not on guard, we are in trouble. We need to daily walk with God. We need to daily read His Word. We need to pray without ceasing. We need to be careful who we are with and what we listen to. We need to worship regularly. We need those things to fill us. And do you know why we always need filling? Because we leak. Don't we? Everything is fine and then the phone rings or the email comes or we hear something. And all of a sudden, we go from here to here to just like that. We need a continual filling because we're leaky vessels. Remember the words in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 10 and 11? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. If we're not careful, if we loiter, if we are idle, if we are at leisure, 
spiritually, we can get in trouble. One of my favorite ways to avoid that, my dear friend Thayer Henson, he was a deacon in the first church I pastored at Fedris Baptist Church. I don't know if it was his 75th birthday or his 80th birthday, and I'll never forget what he asked his family for. He wanted a large print study Bible when he turned 80 years old. What do you think about my friend Thayer Henson? That's a good man, isn't it? Because sometimes we can get to the point where, you know, we're resting on what we have done, and, you know, I've been there, and I've done that, and I've read that, and if we're not careful, we're in trouble. 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I happen to believe he's looking for me. And if I believe that and realize that, I'm going to be careful. I've told you this story before, and I'll tell it again, and I have told it to Revival in Mississippi. Tom Lowry, who was the minister of youth here when some of us were growing up, a great, great guy. He's at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia now. <coughs> and I pray for Tom regularly. And I sent him a letter years ago to say, Tom, I pray for you at least once a week. Is there anything special that I can pray for you about in your life? And Tom is a spiritual giant to me. He's, he's special. And Tom sent me a letter back. This was the days before email. And Tom sent me a letter back. And Tom said, Pray that I finish well. Pray that I finish well. Because Tom had seen people who got lazy and whose lives ended up empty and they were under attack and it didn't finish well. Tom is on guard all the time. And because he is on guard all the time, he will finish well. That's my prayer for all of us. That we don't have empty lives. No matter what storms come and what matter, what events happen to us, that because of our lives being filled with God constantly, constantly, we'll be okay.